You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. I speak as the oracles of God. And I speak with grace that only God supplies. Thank you for clarity of purpose, of thought, of understanding, and of expression. Thank you for the release of light in the hearts of your people. Thank you for the confirmation and continual reminder of who you have made us. May we walk in this light and in its understanding. The word of God comes without contradictions, without errors. The word of God shall be divided precisely and accurately in the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, you are glorified. And we are edified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, we're continuing with growing in Christ, and today is part four. Just like our brothers recapped for us, we ended by understanding that all we need in this growth process is knowledge. All we need in this growth process is knowledge. Everything else has been already giving us. We have already been wired in the class. We need knowledge to function in that class. Praise God. We have already been created when we got born again into the image and likeness of God. All we need is to have the right knowledge of what he has made us so we can walk in it. Praise God. Is that very clear? So if you're talking about being created in the image and likeness of God, we, the children of God today, we who are born again, have become that true identity that God planned for man from the beginning. Praise God. Is that very clear? So you are the child of God, you are the one created in the image of God. So you need the right knowledge to function in that. Is that very clear? So I ended by saying that um, you are what you eat. The same thing is true spiritually. So you are what you watch. You are what you read. You are what you listen to. So, what you keep feeding on is what you are going to become. And it is the reason why you can stop your growth process by the kinds of things you're, you listen to. Okay? It means that what, when, where you feed and how you are fed 
has a direct correlation with how to how you grow. Let me say it again. What, when, where you feed and how you are fed has a direct correlation to how you grow. And that's why you must be cautious of what, when, where you feed and how you are fed. You know, most of us, we grew up with this understanding that everything in the Bible is the word of God. But that's not so. And that's why you must be careful how the word of God is divided precisely and accurately. So that when you are listening, you will listen, you will read, you will study, you would actually have an understanding in the right way. Because wrong understanding has stopped the growth of many believers. Many people have shipwrecked in their faith because of the kinds of messages they have been listening, watching, and feeding on. Many people have lost their steam because of what they're listening to. Okay, and so you must understand that who you are is very important now let me let me let me let me let me just bring it down sheep the sheep have their diet true or false when they eat any other thing what happens to them they die or they get sick True or false? Okay. They will not grow well. True or false? Okay. So listen, Christians have what we eat. If you are a Christian, you must know your diet. And if you are not feeding on Christ, your growth will be affected. You are just then like a sheep who is eating or feeding wrong. So one of the things that are major with the shepherd or a shepherd is that they are careful how the the sheep pasture. Is that true? They are always leading the flock to go and what? Pasture. And they make sure that they don't eat the wrong herbs or the wrong stuff. So they are always closely watching what they feed on. And so if you are not careful as a believer and you don't have this understanding, you would take in everything and you think you are growing, but you are swelling. 
I'll say certain things that will rock us a little bit. The integrity of a man of God is in his message. Same as the church. The integrity of a man of God is not first in their morality. It is first in their message. And the same as the church. Because every man of God is a messenger of God. Is a messenger of God. Is a is a messenger. And the integrity of a messenger is in the message. Their integrity is to say what they have been sent to go and say. That's the first thing. If they speak their own thing and they live a good life, their motivation for the good life they are living or the moral acts they are showing is cute. They are using that to bring people to themselves. True or false? So when a messenger lives a good character but they are changing the message they were sent to say they are making their own disciples. Oh, are you here with me? They are doing it for popularity. They are doing it for fame. They are doing it for power. They are doing it for money. They are doing it so it is not how they live. It is what they say because they are messengers. Are you here with me? Therefore, their primary duty is first to say what they were sent to say. They don't bring their mind into what has been given them to say. When a messenger is sent, they don't bring their perspective. It doesn't matter. Their perception don't matter. What they have been sent to go and say, they deliver that. They don't say, oh, he said that, but when I even think about it, I don't even get it. So you, this is what he says. You say that. You, it, I, I, I also say, say this. Or do this. There's nothing like that. Praise God. You are either saying what you have been sent to say, or whatever you are saying, you are lying. So they don't impose their perspectives, agendas, cultures, etc. on the message. They strictly deliver 
what they have been sent to say. Now, the morality of a messenger must actually give a good testimony of the message to their audience, to the credit of their master. So if the messenger is living a good character, they are living that character in line with the message to give the message a good testimony before the audience for whom they were sent. Oh, is that very clear? So, their character don't come first. The message comes what? First. Oh, is that very clear? They must be sure they are saying what they have been sent to what? Say. Look at Jeremiah 3, 14 to 15. Jeremiah 3, 14 to 15. Return all faithless children of the whole 12 tribes, says the Lord, for I am the Lord and master and husband to you. And I will take you, not as a nation, but individually. One from a city and two from a tribal family. And I will bring you to Zion. I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time. Anytime you hear the final time, it is after the resurrection of Jesus. So anytime you hear people say, we are in the last days. The last day started when Jesus rose from the dead. That is when the final kingdom came to this earth. That's what Daniel speaks to, the kingdom that has no end. It is in that kingdom you and I belong now. So Jeremiah was actually prophesying to when God will become man, die to redeem men, praise God, and how God is going to bring the spiritual Israelites, you and I, into local assemblies, into church, and then he will give us pastors to feed us according to the message that he has given. That's why he said, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding? And judgment, what, is, what it means is that those who reject it, it will become condemnation to them. Those who receive it will receive knowledge and understanding. Praise God. Okay, so he's speaking to the church, say the church. So what will God give the church? Pastors, shepherds after his own word. Heart. Praise God. All right. Who feed. So the pastors do what? They do what? So what is the job of the pastor? When you come to church, you are to be what? Fed. Is that very clear? Okay, good. Jeremiah 23. 
3 to 4. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries to which I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and pastures. All right? These are all metaphors. Anytime God is speaking to the gathering of the church, he always speaks in this metaphor. And metaphorically, he speaks as if they are sheep. Being guided by a shepherd. Are you getting the point? Which always looks to feeding. Because that's what the shepherd does. The most of the shepherd is to care for the flock. Is that right? So they are fed well and in their feeding, they are also cared for. All right. So look at what happens. He said, and they will be fruitful and multiply. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they will fear no more, nor be dismayed. So, what what is the first thing that happens to a believer or a church that is fed well? They will not be what? Oh, speak. They will not be what? Now, this verse of scripture is speaking in two ways. Israel being gathered together as a nation, that's what we saw in 1946. And it also speaks to us, the church, the New Testament church. Amen. God bringing us together. Amen. For us to meet as a church and in a local assembly to be fed. Is that very clear? Okay, good. That's why he said, I'll bring them to Zion. This is called Zion. Church is called what? Zion. Okay, this is the new Jerusalem. Okay, all of these are typifications of God's relationship with Israel that God wants the church to come into. And now the church has come into it. Amen. Is that very clear? And he says, when the pastors, the shepherds feed, this is what is going to happen. The first thing is that they will not be afraid. So, any place that you go that you are taught condemnation, you are fed with condemnation. And you are fed with fear and manipulation is not of God. (laughs) It's not of God. It's not of God. Neither will any be missing or lost, says the Lord. Hey, are you here with me? The first thing is that it takes away the fear of death, the fear of the devil, the fear of sickness, the wrath of sin, all of these things. If you talk about things that men are afraid of, whether rich, whether poor, whether you live in America or you live in Ghana, is the fear of death. And the fear of sin. Oh, is that, is, that, is, that, is that true? Every man sins. And sin leads to death. Oh, are you here with me? Good. Every man. 
So it doesn't matter how much money you have. There's that fear there. But when you are fed, this was even prophecy. God is amazing. That what he is about to do, that today has been fulfilled, he says, this is the effect. And he says, you'll not be missing. What it means is that you'll have your true identity. And you'll not miss. What it means is that there are many ways, true or false. The Muslim says they are away. Ah, eh? The Buddhist says they are away. Is that correct? Everybody says they are away. He says, you will know the way. You will not be missing. Ah, praise God. So anybody that is fed well will have full conviction in their faith. They will know the way. And they will walk in the way. Praise God. Now, let's fast forward. Look at John 21, 14 to 17. This was now the third time that Jesus revealed himself, appeared, was manifested to the disciples after he had risen from the dead. Hello? After he had what? From the dead. Okay, so now the work of the church has begun. So look at what Jesus will say. When they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? With reasoning, intentional spiritual devotion, as one loves the father, he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that I have deep instinctive personal affection for you. As for a close friend, he said to him, what? He said to him, do what? He said to him, do what? So can you see the confirmation of Jeremiah right here? That Jesus now risen from the dead is now saying, feed my lamb. That's the, that's the thing he was telling Peter. Feed them. Feed my lambs. The moment you are born again, what you need to grow as a lamb. Oh, do you understand it? As a lamb is to be fed well. Oh, are you here with me? Look at the next. Again, he said to him the second time. Son of John, do you love me? And then with the same thing. Reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion. As one loves the father, he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you. As for a close friend, he said to him, shepherd, tend my sheep. Did you hear that? Peter, by reason of my dead burial resurrection, you are now what? A shepherd. What do you do? Tend the sheep. Praise God. Do you get it? Feed them. Care for them. Praise God. All right. Look at the next. He said to him the third time. 
Why is he saying the same thing three times? When your father calls you and he starts speaking to you and he tells you the same thing three times, what is he telling you? This is the crux of what I am trying to tell you. This is a very important information. When your lecturer is lecturing you and they keep emphasizing a point, they are communicating that of all that I am saying, take this seriously. A good student can get up whilst they are sitting in class. It's only a bad student that goes out to look for Apple. Because the lecturer who is teaching you, there are certain things you hear that they are saying it severally. And the moment you hear them saying it again and again, they are giving you an indication that this is very important. And it will help your good understanding to the course. Are you getting the point? So Jesus said the third time, And Peter was even grieved. He was saddened. Why should you ask me the third time? But Jesus knew what he was doing. Praise God. He said, do you you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And I have a deep, instinctive, um, personal uh, affection for you. As for a close friend, Jesus said to him, do what? Everybody do what? Do what? So feed my lamb. In other words, the moment they are born, feed them. Secondly, care for them. Are you getting a point? Eh? And even when they grow, feed them. Hey. (laughs) Oh, praise God. So you don't stop feeding them. The feeding must continue. (laughs) Give me the next. Look at Luke 24. So, what is the feed? What is the feed? Jesus was straightforward. He said, my sheep. So, Peter must know that it is not his sheep. It is not his lamb. He is just feeding. Can you see the messenger here? Is that very clear? Okay. Luke 24, 25 to 27. And Jesus said to them, Oh, foolish ones, sluggish in mind, dull of perception, and slow of heart to believe, adhere to and trust in and rely on everything that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that and essentially fitting that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer all these things before entering into his glory? For those of you who come, you understand. Now, this is the 
whole crux, the fulcrum of the Old Testament. Jesus coming to die, resurrect, amen, and then living in the hearts of men. Anytime you talk about the glory of God, that's the glory of God. The glory of God is not smoke. It's not lightning systems and a good sound. So today we saw the glory of God in church. No. The glory of God is God living in the house of what? Men. That's how God enters his glory. Do you get it? Do you understand it? Because this is God's desire from the beginning. That man will live God's image in him. Praise God. All right, so let's continue. Watch it. He said, then beginning with Moses, in other words, Genesis, beginning, anytime you saw, you see beginning, he's talking about what? The Genesis. When it comes to scripture, and he says, from the beginning, it was not so, Genesis. Okay. With Moses, and throughout all the prophets, in other words, All the prophets who spoke, watch this. He went on explaining and interpreting to them all that the scriptures has said concerning and referring to himself. So all that the prophets came to speak, they were speaking concerning who? That what? That he will come and die and resurrect and live in what? Oh, praise God. So you will see many events within which the prophets will prophesy. Forget about all the events. And you will see that in the middle of the event, they are speaking about the Christ. So you see, All Testament scriptures are not meant to be practiced. They are meant to be studied. As you study the Old Testament, you will see Christ. Oh, praise God. (laughs) Look at 44 to 47. Then he said unto them, the same Luke 24, but we're going to 44 to 47. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything which is written concerning me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. 45 is crucial. Then he thoroughly opened up their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer. And on the third day rise from among the dead. And that repentance with a view to and a condition of forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Did you see the knowledge? That must be preached. Did you see the knowledge? What is the knowledge? Everybody, go. What's the knowledge? 
Repentance. Eh? Change of what? Regarding what? Forgiveness of that Jesus died and all men's sins have been what? All men's sins have been what? And this should be preached to what? All nations. All. All what? All what? That men by effort have worked for God to forgive their sins. That Jesus has died. And they have received the grace of God. Their sins have been pardoned forever. Oh, praise God. Oh, are you here with me? (laughs) Look at Romans 10, 14 to 15. But how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed? So how do people receive salvation? They believe. They be. Do they have to do anything? How can they call upon whom they have not what? So for anybody to call on Jesus, they would have to what? They would have to do some works of righteousness. They have to do some rituals. They have to what? They have to what? Okay. In whom they have no faith, on whom they have no reliance. That's the belief he's talking about. Let's continue. And how are they to believe in him? In other words, adhere to, trust in, and rely upon him, of whom they have. So before they will believe, they will have to what? Oh, if they have to believe, they have to what? Is it becoming clearer? So, somebody would have to feed them. For them to hear. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let's continue. Go. And how are they to hear? Say it without what? So, when you come to church, I'm the preacher. True or false? How did you come? Because a preacher preached. (laughs) And when you hear the right message, you also go and preach the right message. Is that clear? He says something the next, very important. I want all of us to read. Go. Please, unless they are what? Unless they are what? Please, unless they are what? So, you see, you don't preach your own message. Because you are a saint one. The word saint there is the word apostle. 
When you hear the word apostle, it means sent one. Messenger. It's not a big title. Yes, that's what it means. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. So it means that you can't go unless you have been what? A saint one does not carry their own message. They carry the message of the one who did what? Send them. If they go and say another thing, it's alakpato. It's a lie. It is deception. It is 419. It is fraudulent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the glad tidings. So what are we sent to speak? What are we sent to speak? So you see, the beautiful feet he's talking about is is people that anytime they get to a place, they bring good news. What is the good news? That Christ has died. Forgiving all our sins. Oh, praise God. If we receive him, we have made it into eternity. We will not fear death anymore. Are you getting the point? Sin, the price of sin has fully been paid for. Praise God. Am I I coming out quite clear? So if you are being fed anything apart from this, you are taking poison. It's like a sheep that is now eating soap. When you are a shepherd and you see your sheep eating soap, what happens to you? You are sad. The chief shepherd is not happy when the sheep are taking in something else. Look at 1 Peter 2.2. So Peter, you know him. He was the one who Jesus said, feed my sheep, right? Look at what he said. Go. Like newborn babies, you should what? Crave, uh uh-huh. Thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow unto completed salvation. Oh, praise God. That's why he said, pure, unadulterated. <laughs> when you start hearing certain things, you are taking adulterated milk. Do you know why? 
Peter is now saying you have a nature. A new nature. The nature itself has what it desires for. Because that is what gave birth to that nature. No, go back to Romans so you can understand. Go back to Romans 10, 14. But how are the people to call upon him who they have not believed? Whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without a preacher? And how can men preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. How welcome is the coming of those who preach the good news of his good things. It means that when the preacher preaches, it is not your faith. What the preacher is preaching, the good news of the Christ, is what breeds faith in you. For you to become born again. So it is even not your faith. What he preached is what gave you faith. To believe ah, and receive. Did you get the point? So in the first place, you did not do anything to become a believer. The word itself generated faith. So Peter says, in the same way, feed upon that word to grow. Ephesians 4, 11 to 15. And in his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounded, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. His consecrated people that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, the church, that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood, mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him. So then, we may no longer be children. Tossed like ships. To and fro between chance gas of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. The prey of cunning and 
cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers, engaged in every shifting form of trickery, in inventing errors to mislead. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth, the gospel, in all things, speaking truly the gospel, dealing truly, living truly. When you hear the gospel, you will deal with people according to the gospel. And you will live the gospel. When you hear from tricksters, gamblers, are you getting the point? Bring this to get that. 15 ways and 20 ways to do this. How to become the richest man in the world. And you are hearing these messages. That is the way you start dealing with people. It is the same you start living. So the church is now filled with greed. Competition. Because we listen to that every week in, week out. We don't listen to the gospel. When you listen to the gospel, we all become one in Christ. Oh, praise God. The oneness is not one denomination. It means that we have one understanding. We have one mentality. We have one purpose. Praise God. To be like the Christ. So this is the reason why he gave the pastors who are shepherds. He gave the evangelists. He gave the apostles. He gave the prophets. All of these offices are to open believers to the gospel so that they will be equipped and they will grow and they will build up the body. They will grow into maturity. Praise God. So listen. When you eat well. And you are fed well. You are not tossed to and fro. The food is the unity of the faith. The meal is the knowledge of the son Christ. Who is the perfect man? This is the measure of the fullness of Christ. Many do not have doctrinal footing. What they know is success and motivation. Which is from the world. We have built models from business empires. And until we, the church... Retrace our steps. We will not see growth. We will think we are having some numbers. But you have infants. Little children. Always wobbling. Although you see them. They are 20 years. 50 years. They don't even understand why they were born again. 
How they were even born again, they don't understand it. You go to evangelism, you ask me, how were you saved? They don't even know. Yeah, are you saved? They said, yes. How were you saved? They don't even know. He said, I prayed, and I was in my room. I was sick. I prayed for healing. And God healed me. So I am saved. You are still an unbeliever. We go to churches and what is being taught is the law. The law of Moses. It cannot produce growth. Then people shout, Hey, listen! Don't kill! You are killing people! Don't kill! Who told you when you tell somebody don't kill, they won't kill? Don't kill doesn't change a person from killing. Tell me. Ah. Stop doing this. Stop the gossip. Then you say stop the gossip. No, they stop gossiping. Feed them with Christ. Gossip itself will find a way out. Feed them with Christ. The more you feed on Christ, who is the perfect, Imperfection itself gives way. What is in a man that he can do by himself? But when he is in Christ and he looks at Christ, with Christ all things are made possible. Oh, praise God. When the church feeds on other materials apart from Christ, the body will become malnourished. I mean, I looked at this clearly. I said, how do you have a different head from a different body? You say your head is Christ as the church. And you are feeding on something apart from Christ. How does the body grow? How? How does the body grow? He said, my head. What is in the head is what gives direction to the body. Oh, is that true? So when you feed your mind right, the body will be directed right. When you feed on Christ, you'll be directed right. The church will grow right. Oh, praise God. That's why a text of scripture cannot be changed to mean what it did not mean when it was written. You can't cherry pick scriptures and then use the terms for your own personal agenda. It is diabolical, it is demonic. You see, there are people that must stop calling themselves. Listen, stop calling yourself a prophet. 
Stop calling yourself. Listen very carefully because when the Bible says prophet, he has a definition for the prophet. Do you understand the point? Words come with definitions and descriptions and purposes. So when you pick a word from the Bible, the Bible has a terms of reference for that word. So you see, you can be a, an African traditionalist and call yourself a pastor. Me yes for say oh we are so eh okay but rapture now mo kan say rapture no watch it oh um jesus your bebo mai o who the wheelbarrow cra e na e twi na nka kwa bedu na who your so for say yes i'm i'm a pastor ah are you a pastor so how can a pastor not believe in scripture? You are using the wrong term for yourself. You are not a pastor. How can you be a pastor, a prophet, and you are, you are doing divination and you call it prophetic? The prophet actually speaks the mind of Christ. The prophet is not called to actually direct the business affairs of human beings. Should I do this business? And then the prophet will have to see. When the prophet sees and tells them, don't do the business, then they will not do it. So the prophet will have to see. If the prophet doesn't see, they would have to wait. They won't do the business. Listen to me very carefully. If we are talking commonsensically, I'll be able to tell you if you tell me, oh, when I spoke to him, he said this, that, that. I can tell you commonsensically that, oh, this one, the guy, he looks like a sham. Don't trust him. Commonsensically. But how can I? I'm not an expert in oil. I am now coaching you how to do oil business. Hey, I try your luck. And a trialogue. What I should be praying with you is that as you go, you yourself will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that lives in you so that you can have discernment from what looks right from what is right. Simple as ABC. I'm not the director of your business. So now if I chair boards of secular companies, then I am a true man of God. What's my business? 
What's my business in that? My business is to lead you to know Christ. When you know Christ, you'll be able to do your secular job with the mindset of Christ. Did you hear what I said? Accurately dividing the word is the key. It's not speaking good English. It's not wearing a bespoke suit and tie or perfume. That is not what makes it. You can wear it. But that is not what makes the word the word. You can speak good English and lie all through. It's not good English. You see, I am trying to roughen it so that you'll be able to get out of some of these mentality you have. That is it. The moment you hear somebody speaking good English, then what you are saying is true. It can be, it can be serious deception. True or false. It's not good English. It's not good English. Look at Galatians 2, 4 to 6. My precaution was because of false brethren who had been secretly smuggled to the Christian brotherhood. Are you here? Paul says, false brethren, false brethren, it means they are with us, but they are not brothers. They are with the Christendom, but they are not part of us. Their motivation is false. Praise God. Oh, are you here with me? Listen to me very carefully. If your motivation is right, at the point, you would definitely would have to give up. Because the Holy Spirit will always be bedding your heart. If you really want to know the truth, the Holy Spirit, who is the truth, will always be burdening your heart. That the way you are doing this thing is not so. And it comes with a cost. I had to burn all my books. All my books. It cost me so much. The moment I knew, I said, no, it can't go out. I had to change all my messages. I heard somebody singing one of my songs. I said, this song, don't sing it again. (laughs) 
you have to say I was wrong, say I, I was wrong. You see, and the point is, if the motivation is not right, you can do it. You can do it. Do you know what it has cost? It has cost me a lot. But the point is, I don't even care. Because the cost of not doing it is higher. It's higher. He said, fold brethren secretly smuggled into the Christian brotherhood. He said, they have slipped in to spy on our liberty. And the freedom which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might again bring us into bondage under the law of Moses. Oh, hello. Are you here? Watch what he says. Go. To them, we did not yield submission. Did you hear that? This thing is not something, listen, when you see me speaking like this, it's not because I hate somebody. I, no. There's no hate. It can't have, there's, I mean, everybody who knows me knows. I don't have one bit. When it comes to hate, I don't know it. No. But you see what Paul said? It's not something you tolerate for a moment. When it comes to the doctrine, it comes to the knowledge, it comes to the feed, you don't tolerate it. He said, we did not tolerate it for a moment. Why? That the truth of the gospel might continue to be what? Preserved in you. You don't tolerate them in your sitting room. When you hear them on the radio, tune off. When you see them on telly, kill it. Put your telly off. When you are in the trotro, somebody told me, I mean, it was beautiful. He said there was this guy preaching the trotro and telling them, Atembu, Atembu, Buya Boni, Ubewu. It was, you would die, you, your sins. And then he started mentioning different types of sin. You would die, you die. You, and then she said, she said, Masa, Masa. Why are you doing this? If you want money, say you want money. He said, before you, you got into this trotter, started preaching. Have you done that something wrong? Then she started preaching the gospel. Then everybody started more like, they, you know, they started taking it in and then the man was quiet. The next, the next, uh, John Sheen. <laughs> He dropped. <laughs> if that was what, if that is the message, you preaching, you 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 be the one who would have died first. It's a lie. Look at the verse 6. Everybody, go. Moreover, no new requirements were made by those 
who were reputed to be something. Though what was their individual position and whether they really were of importance or not. Your status in society does not make any difference. Whether you are poor or rich, we all become equal in Christ. We all came in through the door of forgiveness of sins. God is not impressed with the positions that may hold. He is not partial and recognizes no external distinctions. Those who were of repute imposed no requirements upon me had nothing to add to my gospel. And from them, I received no new suggestions. He said, even Peter and all the rest who walked with Jesus, when I submitted to them the gospel, they didn't add anything. They didn't take anything out. They themselves knew that this is the pure, unadulterated way. God does not deal with people based on their CEO-ship. What is truth is truth. What is a lie is a lie. Praise God. Oh my God. Look at 2 John 1 8, and I'll, I'll finish it for today. I'll continue next week. I just want you to know what knowledge you must be feeding on. Praise God. Look to yourselves. Take care that you may not lose, throw away, or destroy all that we and you have labored for. But that you may persevere until you win and receive back a perfect reward in full. Oh, praise God. Your reward is waiting for you. Praise God. Why do we say your reward? Is it because you are doing something? No. You have been given the power to do everything that you are doing. Praise God. Your choosing to just do them gives you a reward. What are the things? Are we talking about just material things? No. We're talking about spiritual things here. Oh, praise God. Because as you feed on Christ, you go for evangelism. Oh, are you here with me? Yes. You yourself willingly will give to the support of the gospel. Because others must be what? Saved. Nobody will have to manipulate you for one night. Until you do this, you can receive a miracle from God. He said, no. If we are not careful, we will throw away what God has done. All the, that we have labored for. And listen to me. People have labored for this work. Lives were lost. People, Peter said, you can't kill me this way. My Savior died this way. Turn me upside down. People died for this faith. Because they know the worth of their salvation. 
Look at what he says. Nine, go. Anyone who runs ahead. Wow. And does not what? Abide what? Abide in the doctrine of Christ. Who is not content with what he thought. I want you to digest it. Who is adding their own philosophy? In their own traditional beliefs. He said, anybody who is this messenger, who the messenger is not content with the message of the one who sent him and wants to add his own, you need a prayer shawl. You need an anointing oil. I need to wash your feet. Until you wear this, where is it? This band. Or sticker on your wall. Or chain on your neck. As a pastor, there must be a, a uniform you have to wear. Otherwise, Christ will not come. The anointing will not be there when you're preaching. You're ordinary. The moment you wear it. So they have these things they wear. You know that. The day they are go really, really, really serious to get into the spirit, they wear it. And, and when they wear it, everybody knows, okay, the spirit has come. Anyone who runs ahead of God and does not abide, say abide. abide. Say abide. abide. In the doctrine of Christ, who is not content with what he thought. He didn't say does not know God. It's a serious thing we are talking about. He didn't say does not know. If he says does not know, it means they have God. But they don't know him. So they lack what? Knowledge. But what he's saying here, he says, they don't have him. You're going to see more next week. You'll be shocked that when it comes to doctrine, there's no compromise. Because that is what the devil started from the beginning with Eve. He changed the message. That's why Jesus dealt with false teachers and false prophets, the Pharisees, more than he spoke about the devil. Tell me how many times? About twice. Even when he was speaking about the devil, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. He was referring to them. That scripture, the devil comes to steal, kill, to destroy. He was not referring to the devil. He says they are the agents of the devil. That's why he said, all those who came before me are thieves and what? Robbers. Before he made that statement. So you see that none of them, they will not, look at what they said, go. But he who continues 
to live in the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, does have God. He has both the Father and the Son. If you want to know who has God, listen to the message. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, what is the doctrine? In other words, he is disloyal to what Jesus taught. Do not receive him. Do not accept him. Do not welcome or admit him into your house. Or bid him Godspeed. And, or give him any encouragement. For he who wishes him success, who encourages him, wishing him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil doing. There is nobody who wrote about love than Apostle John. Go and check. He is actually called the beloved. The apostle who is the beloved. He spoke so much about love. But when he came to doctrine, the message, he says, don't even accept him. Don't even welcome him. You see what Paul also said? He said, don't even listen in a moment. Don't. Next week, I'm going to open up more for us to know so that when you are listening, you know you are feeding right. And then that's where growth comes in. Growth becomes easy. Praise God. And you'll not be confused. Tell them, change who you listen to. And make sure you listen well. You're listening to the doctrine of Christ. It has no additions. Praise God. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.